People like you, organizations like Rape Check, I love you guys. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Aaron. And I am Ryan. Good morning. It's morning. 11 o'clock. It's morning here, yeah. Uh, October 25th, <laughs> 2021. Uh, I'm... Uh, down here in uh, my bunker in St. George, Utah. <laughs> bunker. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm all hunkered down. It's 73 degrees outside and everybody else in the Northwest, they're, uh, they're facing, what What are they calling it? The blockbuster record-breaking bomb cyclone? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> Have you guys read about ever, that? Ever. No, no, but it, I don't doubt they call it that because everything's sensationalized. So oh, my God. Well, I get so I get my weather from a couple of different sources. Number one, you know, I've got the weather app on my phone that came with my iPhone. And then and then I have uh, AccuWeather. And, you know, I'm just reading through some of the shit on the AccuWeather website because I wanted to just be able to talk about the record-breaking bomb cyclone um just briefly just to bring it up just they they really titled it that uh yeah yep it's it's right there and uh here's some of the headlines from that blockbuster western storm heading inland with heavy rain and fierce winds and then the video is titled atmospheric river to unleash intense rain on the west coast and then oh, the little, you mean what? it's it, you mean it's normal fall weather, uh, wow. right? Yep. And then and then here's the uh, the subtitle of the video: the final act of the storm parade will thoroughly douse northern California and southern Oregon with heavy rainfall, while areas further inland will also deal with dangerous winds and snow. Wow. It's, yeah, so like Aaron said, so it's fall <laughs> slash going into winter time. So basically, I'm going to give yeah. a forecast for the for the West Coast and uh, some of the inland states, including Utah. It's going to be a little windy today, and it might rain. Yes, and so all you rampers out there, bundle <laughs> up, get some of that rain gear on so you don't get soaked, because there's nothing worse. <laughs> The not wearing rain gear and then getting soaked and having to work out in the cold wind. And you know, it, it, it reminds me of talking about this. It reminds me of the good old days, you know, when Dave Letterman used to be good and they had that guy report oh. the weather and they go to him and he'd be like, It's forty two degrees and yeah, raining. Calvert Cal- <laughs> DeForest. Dude. Is that Calvert Cal- yeah. DeForest? AKA Larry Bud Melman. Yeah, we need to just we need to be able to maybe cut away and find a soundbite of that. But dude. that's just kind of what it reminds me of whenever oh. I watch the weather. Dude, they're he was there so funny. And they're telling you what it's like outside. And it would just be funny if the news cut to the weatherman and he's outside and he's like, I know. It's cold know. as shit and it's raining. <laughs> there were so many funny, like, good Letterman skits back in the oh day when God. he was really funny. Some of those and, top and tens were about, awesome, what too. What about that? The the SNL days when they had um, Chris Farley as El Nino. Remember um. that? <laughs> yeah. I am El Nino. El. Oh, the tropical star. 
El Nino is Spanish for for the Nino. Oh man, classic. I also holy failed. It also. Yeah, I want Holyfield. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it also reminds me. It's a war on the shore. It also reminds me of Will Ferrell in his uh, uh, Harry Carey uh, character. Oh man, that was funny. Those were the good old days, eh? They they were. They were. But anyway, just if you're in the Pacific Northwest, like Aaron said, if you're out working on the ramp, just. War, uh, dress warm and um, and also according to the CDC and the FDA the best way to protect against a winter storm disaster is to be vaccinated <laughs> oh god Jesus. we are going to stay away from vaccinating <laughs> I know I know we are I'm sorry I just I just had to oh my god because there was a real story about that uh, when one of the hurricanes was looming uh, on the east oh, coast i know yeah this summer yeah. Yeah. well yeah we, oh. we should probably let everyone know this episode's not about that i don't i correct me if i'm wrong because because i could be wrong but i think maybe just maybe our listeners know how we feel after the last couple episodes they probably do I so that's so. why that's why we're gonna dedicate this episode yep. to uh not that <laughs> yes <laughs> All right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> not not brought to you by. Oh God. All right. Um, COVID nineteen. Yeah. So let's. Anyway. Uh... There, yeah. So okay, we guys, brothers. Should we? Yeah. <laughs> I had. <laughs> yes, guys. I had this straight. Hey, what did you say? Well, you said guys, brothers. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Guy, oh, okay. guy brothers. Right. Yep. Dude, I had the strangest fucking nightmares last night it was so well, bizarre and the only reason why i'm bringing it's it up aviation related well it, it is that's why i'm bringing it up so yeah i watched um i watched a youtube video last night about uh something really really cool and we're actually going to uh, talk about that here in just a minute but so i have this strange dream that i'm being chased by like it's this drone or helicopter type vehicle and and I'm seeing it swoop down on other cars and this goo comes out of it and it like melts the cars and you know the people <laughs> in, inside die. I no, it's some weird goo that they 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 latch onto the vehicle and then they drop this goo on it and it just like melts. <laughs> oh my god. Did you watch like so aliens was... and then... No. And then an aviation movie or something? Or was this like half aviation, half wet dream? <laughs> oh, God. oh God. Yeah, don't give those yet. details, please. No, definitely not. Um but so I'm being chased by this and I'm driving a Volkswagen Beetle of all fucking cars. And yeah. I'm hiding in one of those, uh, in a car wash, you know, the one that you can just pull up to and you put the coins in, you do, you, you know, self-serve car. Yeah. Wash yeah. Whatever. The open bay ones. Right. Yeah. And I'm hiding in that and it comes around the corner and it spots me and it starts <laughs> heading towards me. And then I wake up and oh, have you ever had those dreams where your body is affected by the dream and like every one of your senses is just like like in yeah, overdrive. You, 
you like and, wake up like tense, like your muscles are sore. Well, yeah, and every like all, yeah, every hair on my body is just standing up on end. I've got goosebumps, and oh my god, it was the weirdest thing. So then I went to, so then I woke up, and I'm like, okay, this is just a nightmare, and. uh so I kind of rolled over a little bit, took a sip of water, and went back to sleep. And the dream Jeez. started again, right where I it left off. Right. Wow. <laughs> that never That's happens. Weird. Usually you just forget about it, and you're like, wow, that was strange. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's odd. I think I think subconsciously you're probably thinking about the uh, censorship police, <laughs> and they were coming to melt you out of out of existence. <laughs> right. It was. Yeah, seriously. It's it was, a good. Uh, yeah. It was like Did the uh, it was like the medical droid on the Death Star, and it had a needle on it. <laughs> yeah. and it was trying to give me a, a shot. <laughs> yeah. Did the uh, yeah. when it turned and and got you in your sight in its sights? Did it make the noise from War of the Worlds? Like yeah. the tripod. Oh my God, that ooh, that just gives me the creeps right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or on on the movie Battle Los Angeles, their their uh, their drone aircraft that. You know they they'd fly around and shoot fire at everybody. Dude, was, those were badass. Was, yeah that that's actually an underrated movie, man. I love that movie. Yep, yeah, I, so I watch that awesome every movie. now and then. I I yeah. agree. I agree. So yep. so anyway, <laughs> so I wake up again and same exact thing. Like my body yeah. is just like on full overdrive alert. So I have to take a deep breath. I get up. And I just kind of walk around the house for a minute and I turn on like three lights. <laughs> I usually sleep in the dark and I had to turn a light on last night to go back to sleep. <laughs> that's funny because, did, did, yeah, that's that's funny because most God. people would be afraid of, you know, other things, but you're afraid of attack drones. <laughs> I, apparently I so. Did, did, did you have to hide your little SkyWest CRJ200 model? No, that was up? safely in the scary. living room. So, okay. yeah, no, I'm not scared of those. Um, okay, that's but, good. But anyway, so that was kind of, uh, that was my night. <laughs> Interesting. That was, that was yours. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Well, we're glad you're okay, and we're glad everyone else is okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. And how about we, uh, speaking of like drone type helicopters. Yes. <laughs> I, have to, train of I have to play the uh, intro music. Hold on. Oh, okay. <clears throat> can you guys hear that? No. Nope. Oh, you can't? <laughs> oh, dang it. All right. Sorry. Meet George Jetson. It's just the Jetson theme music. So, anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I, I, uh, I thought you could hear it before, so. Anyway. Well, it, it, did, it earlier. Well, yeah. I wonder <laughs> if it's that, just not playing because we're recording. Or chewy? That was. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Chewy. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the not, new. It's going to be the new uh, crossover series on Disney Plus. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars and Jetsons. So have you guys seen the video of, uh, speaking of Jetsons, there's, did you guys see this video of the launch of the, it's called the Jetson. It's a personal aircraft. Yeah, I I did see that um, on YouTube the other day. And it's based, it looks like a a flying uh, 
you know, like one of those razors, but it, but it's like a flying right drone with the seats in it. It's it looks crazy. Like, it looks it's like really a crossover cool between a razor and a, and a drone. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's really was cool. this the United States that that did it, or was it another country? I don't the, know. What it was. You guys are a, it was. About. It was a private company. Yeah, it's a private oh, wow. company out of uh, Sweden, and it looks like. Um, so the entire 2022 production is sold out, by the way, you can't, uh, you can't buy it at the moment or at least get what's it, it called. So I can look at it while you're talking. It's called the Jetson. Just go to Jetson arrow.com Jetson, a E R O.com. It's your personal aircraft and aluminum and carbon fiber powered with eight powerful electric motors. This thing goes up to like 65 miles an hour. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. I mean, it's it's. Right? Um, oh, wow. I would hate. I. I mean, you know, I actually just got back from Moab, Utah. My, um, you know, I took my my wife and my youngest son down there. Went camping, and you know, I mean, Moab. There's tons of jeeps everywhere. There's those razor off-road vehicles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine like going down there? And seeing a bunch of these things just flying around, I mean, I, my God, you, you would really hope that people would be smart enough to not, you know, do crazy shit on those things. But, right. uh, you know, there's always going to be those those handful of people that, you know, push the envelope of being a dipshit and being mm-hmm. smart yeah. with things. Well, and, it's, uh, it seems like to me it's kind of like a preemptive... Uh, you know, a uh, way to do experience like pod racing. If you go down to like Goblin Valley or Arches <laughs> yeah. and get three or four yeah. of your buddies or, uh, and just pod race, dude, that looks like fun. Or, uh, well, you know, Beggar's, Beggar's Canyon on Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, really. man. These things look pretty badass. Does it say how much they're going to cost? Um, It doesn't, but looking at... So the delivery of 2022, reserved for client in San Francisco, the first two are. Reserved for client in Sweden, in Italy, Brazil, South Carolina. I mean, these things you could probably, at least initially, are going to be really, really uh, pricey. Um, mm-hmm. But Oh, yeah, I'm you sure. Know, but, I mean, wow. It's going to be cool. So here are some of the technical specs of this thing. Uh, once again, if you're listening uh, right now, go to jetsonarrow.com. Uh, Jetson as in meet George Jetson, A-E-R-O.com. So 190 pounds is how much it weighs. Uh, maximum pilot weight, 210. Um, oh, I better shed off some <laughs> cheeseburgers if I want to fly. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, with, (laughs) with when folded 900 millimeters, I'm not sure what that means. Um, so flight time right now based on 187 pound pilot is only 20 minutes. So that they're obviously going to have to make some improvements there, but this is like their first production, uh, top level. It's almost like a a flying Tesla. Right? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's Uh, pretty awesome. Top flight speed, 63 miles an hour. Flight controls, it's a three-axis joystick with a throttle lever, lever so kind of like an F-16, I'm guessing. Um, uh, yeah. 
battery type, high discharge, lithium ion, uh, total max power output, 88 kilowatts, all aluminum space airframe, uh, motor type, high power output, electric brushless outrunner. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what they are. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so, yeah, it's a lithium I just... powered electric drone with a chair on it. Yeah, yeah, that's that pretty is, awesome. That I, is pretty cool. I don't know I'd why love all to... I can think about is racing, but have you guys seen like on TV when they do those uh, drone races, like at an indoor warehouse, and they have yeah. the cameras on them? Oh yeah, yeah. like that. <clears throat> man, this thing just looks fun, man. Could you this imagine like... doing doing that in, like an abandoned town, like a ghost town? That's what I'm saying. It it looks well, fun. I think it's uh, pretty cool. They're starting yeah, to engineer I'm, things like this. I'm t- I'm talking about Moab, man. I'd love to take right? that thing down to Moab and cruise around. I mean, Heck or, yeah, that'd dude. be so awesome. Or like fly along a beach or something. So yeah. it doesn't say what the max altitude is, but I'm guessing it's not very high. But this is a commercially available personal electric aerial vehicle that anybody can wow. own and fly. So you don't need... I mean... Yeah, you probably wouldn't want to go too high anyway, man. Because well, if no. you had a failure, you don't... Right. You don't want to be falling from 100 feet in the air. Well, yeah, and the first thing you, you think of when you look at the video is, how safe is this thing? Um, well, funny you should ask. It's it's right there on the website. So uh, there's a couple of bullet points here. It says, safety is our number one priority. Race car-inspired space frame safety cell design. Hands-free hover and emergency function. So does that mean that? Oh, that's cool. Like so, if you so, if you pass out or if you become incapacitated, it just com- just goes into hover mode. Is that well? I, what I'm I guessing. Think what that is is it, it, it. It's a lot like these, uh, almost like these auto land systems going in some of the these general aviation aircraft these True. days. Yeah, where you just press a button and it stabilizes itself and probably just you know hovers to land or mm-hmm. um you know because those systems are absolutely impressive i'm i'm trying to remember i read an article recently or watched a video about this auto land system that's available and some aircraft like i think cirrus has it as an option i'm probably messing that up but but anyway, it's basically like, you know, a, a passenger that has absolutely no pilot experience, no flying experience, no knowledge of aviation. Mm-hmm. If the pilot becomes incapacitated, they can literally just press this button and this system just sends out um, a distress signal. It finds the nearest airport. It calculates everything. Um sends information to like air traffic control like hey we're in distress this aircraft's coming into land so that they can clear the runway and it literally like lands itself it's wow. unbelievable so i'm wow. sure it's it's a system maybe kind of like that i i know i'm kind of going a little overboard based on this little no you know personal <clears throat> vehicle but uh well but yeah i mean didn't the that technology uh, exists? Didn't the Lockheed L ten eleven? Wasn't that the first commercial aircraft that had like a first generation version of that? The auto yeah, land. Le- yeah, it, it and and it was for it was basically made for you know bad weather. Right, right. But I'm just um, saying that was probably yeah, one of the very like, first iterations of that. But it's funny you should yeah. mention that because one of the bullet points <laughs> under the safety 
is it has LIDAR sensors uh, driven terrain trafficking or traffic and obstacle avoidance. So there you go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like a mini uh, F one eleven with yep. its terrain following. <laughs> exactly. <rate. laughs> so you can carry yeah, water. That's... You can you can carry water balloons and bomb people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, so ballistic parachute with rapid deployment time. Uh, it can safely oh, fly okay. with the loss of one motor. And the last one I find kind of interesting, it says it has a triple redundant flight computer. Well, when you look at the video, it looks to me like he's using an iPhone um, attached to a mount. That's. Do you see that on the right side when it's showing his speed, his airspeed? You know, I, I wonder if, yeah, I... I don't know. Do you That's think maybe it's just a super powerful app or is that a different, maybe it's just a, a touchscreen flight management system or something? I would, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe mm. to keep costs down, they, yeah. they do it that way. But I mean, I'm sure there's gotta be an onboard computer on there somewhere. Cause if yeah. you lost your Bluetooth connection, you wouldn't want to be screwed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. That that's, would suck. that's cool. It has a, a ballistic, you know, rapid deployment parachute. Cause again, that's just like Cirrus. Cirrus yeah. has one of those two and it's saved, you know, hundreds of pilots lives and oh, passengers. Absolutely. Um, yeah. well, well it sounds looks... like they thought of everything on this. That, that's pretty cool. It did. It looks really cool, man. I, <clears throat> I would love to try one of these out. That would be awesome. So if you, uh, if you have the money to purchase one of these things, uh, why don't you head on over to our Patreon page? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I think I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, for real. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway, I know. that's funny. I, I just wanted to lead with that because I thought that was really cool. So I know we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about. So I'll let you guys uh, go ahead and take the next one. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, do, do we want, want to, to talk about Ryan, stories or? or do we want to talk about like stories meaning like uh they're all stories duh um <laughs> should we should we talk about uh the the incident down there in texas with the md87 um oh yeah yes, yeah let's that, do that yeah i think uh if i remember right i'm gonna pull up the story aborted a it had to abort a takeoff and overran the runway and then burst into flames so um, let's see. Yep. I was right. But it, uh, became a fireball after an aborted takeoff at Houston executive Waller County airport, in Brookshire, Brookshire, Texas. Um, it was undertaking a takeoff from one way three, six, but a boy. Are you there? I do brother? believe that there you go. it wasn't Did you lose me? I did for a second, but you're back. Oh, okay. Um, but it looks like um, it wasn't fatal. I think everyone got out. Um, 21 people on board, three crew members, and 18 passengers. It seems everyone was evacuated safely, uh, barring one person who received a non-life-threatening injury. That's pretty crazy that you don't see very often when a plane uh, bursts into flames like that. They must have got out pretty quickly, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I The... the... You know, 
witness reports say the aircraft didn't really burst into flames until I don't know several minutes after the aircraft came to a stop. So uh, everybody okay, was I probably guess. off board. Adjacent. Yeah. yeah, so you know, thank God that happened. Um but uh but yeah, I mean, you know, you think about it, there's so many reasons. I mean, you try to think, oh, what 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 could have happened or, you know, what was going on? I mean, gosh, I mean, at this point, until there's more data in the NTSB, you know, th- they should come out with like some kind of preliminary uh, report sometime right. in the near future what do you... than a final one. It takes years, but. So what do you guys think happened with that? I mean, obviously it's a hundred percent speculation, but. Well, well aborted takeoff is multiple things. Gosh. Yep. Yep, it could just be an I mean, indication. It could, it could be, uh, uh, you know, like a takeoff configuration uh, disagree. It yeah, could the be, flaps weren't right. Yep, yep. A, uh, yeah, I guess then it wouldn't be anything to do with uh, icing because they were in Texas. I mean, I guess right. MD-87s can get the, um, what's it called, under the wing. Um, oh, it shows I, how long I've been out of working the line. Mm-hmm. Um the frost cold soaked fuel frost yeah oh yeah 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 cold soak <clears throat> you know i guess that can exist on md80s uh you know pretty regularly i know you have to check the bottom of those when you de-ice but it's funny you should mention you know, that I, when cuz when i was a fueler in oklahoma city we'd have really mm-hmm. hot and humid days and uh one of the planes that we serviced was one of the old uh oh what was it what company um not FedEx, uh, not DHL. Maybe it was DHL. Uh, Ameristar? Oh, I Maristar can't remember. Ameristar used to have a ton of DC-9s. Yeah, and maybe that's what it was. Didn't the... And I think the U.S. Marshal Service also had a couple of MD-80s that they brought in. But, they um, did, yeah. Yep, yep. We uh, would always INS, yeah. We'd always fight over who got to uh, go over and fuel them after they got in because the, uh, the, the wings were you know, cold soak from flying. And I remember it would just drip down on you and cool you off while you're, while you were fueling. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, Ryan, I dealt yeah. with those INS MD eighties all the time. When I worked at Phoenix Mesa gateway airport. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. Well, the, uh, <laughs> the MD eighties were, were one of the few aircraft that, you actually had to uh, get out the ground rail hose on a on the de-ice truck and uh, yep. you know do, do the bottom side of the wing. A lot of the other aircraft, they you know you would do your tactile checks and stuff, but I don't think that's the case here. But you know, mm-hmm. you just yeah, the, the, I guess the, you the just weather never know. and the temperature. Yeah, but I mean, it could it could be a number of things. An it, engine it issue, be, you know, brakes. It, the brakes could have failed. They could have had blown tires. Um, yeah, it could have been a fuel issue, engine issue, obviously. Well, one thing um, that stands out to me... F- <clears throat> go ahead, Aaron, finish your thought. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, since they went so far past the runway, it almost seems like something happened maybe after their V1 speed because, you know, a lot of av geeks, and I mean, pilots would know this, but not a lot of people, you know, they may not know that there's a certain airspeed that once you reach it 
you're committed that you have to take the aircraft into the sky right. and go around and then come back and land if you have an emergency. And mm-hmm. um, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Went so far off the runway and like, you know, ended up in this field. It almost seems like it was traveling past that speed mm-hmm. uh, to where the pilots felt like they were committed. So I don't, did you guys read anywhere if, if the pods reported like aborting the takeoff or was it just, um, no, it, well, it just says that, um, it aborted, it, it says aborted the takeoff, but it doesn't say like any statement from like the crew or anything. And then obviously at the end, it finishes with, with like what you said, it said the <clears throat> FAA and NTSB will investigating the cause. Um, and that's basically it, but well, it didn't really say anything other than that. So it says here, unable to stop the plane, it crashed through the perimeter fence and came to a rest some 300 meters beyond the airfield. At this point, the aircraft burst into flames. So it crashed through the perimeter fence, which is... So when you're, when you're calculating takeoff, and here's... I'm putting on my dispatcher hat again... Um, they have a max takeoff <laughs> weight and they have like a field length. It's like the max accelerate stop distance. So that's like, if you have to abort yeah. and the runway needs the, depending on the length of the runway and the accelerate stop distance, that's also like can be a limiting factor when you're planning fuel for a flight <clears throat> or you're planning weight. Now this is an MD 80 or MD 87 and it's only got 21 people on board. So I'm pretty sure it was probably nowhere near its max takeoff weight. Um, yeah, but I'm, 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 I mean, so if you go beyond the end of the usable runway through the perimeter fence and then another 300 meters beyond that, that's 300 meters is roughly the length of three football fields, right? Yeah, they, he was they going were, fast. Yeah, I, had, I I think he was well beyond B one. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. it'll be interesting to follow along and and uh, and see what happened there because that's uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and and uh, you know, kudos to the crew for getting all the passengers out and and uh, you know, because that that could have been bad. Right. Yep. Exactly. And uh, yeah. Speaking of <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of well, mishaps, um, go ahead, brother. Ryan, yes, go ahead. No, go ahead. Speaking of mishaps, oh, um, oh, one more thing I wanted what? to say. There was a tweet. No, I'm, I'm good. Go, I was waiting for you to go ahead. <laughs> Can't hear me. Okay. No. All right. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to read that was in this story. Uh, Disclose TV tweeted out another small plane crashes in the u.s this time in brookshire texas well this was an md-87 it used to be an airliner it's not really classified as a small plane yeah anyway we we know how typically the mainstream media works with uh when it comes to aviation so um nice try guys but that was cool but i was (laughs) but i was gonna say speaking of good old media uh, reporting on aviation i know right Right. It's almost as bad as Hollywood when they, you know, like a in a movie, somebody takes off in a certain airplane. Then they show a different airplane in flight and a third different airplane landing. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. 
That's and nobody lovely. checks it. <laughs> Again, yeah, the best is is when it shows. The best <clears throat> is when it shows like a Lear thirty five in the sky, and then they go to inside the plane. It's like a seven fifty seven cabin. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> again, again, if anybody in Hollywood is listening, uh, your friends here at the Ramcheck Podcast, we are glad to be. Uh, we would happily be aviation consultants for you guys. You clean up the movies a Definitely. little bit. Yes, yeah. they they need they they need some help. That's there, for sure. Because there's a lot more av geeks out there than you think, and I'm sure in in uh, movie theaters all across the world they see scenes like this, and you just hear this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it's just you know you want to get you want to keep your movie as accurate as possible, man. You you can't lose the details. Well, yeah, because it takes no you one out cares of the about Av Geeks. I know. No one cares about Av Geeks. It's it's yeah, true. We all have to band together ourselves. Yep, it's totally <laughs> right. true. Let's see. Um. All right. So what there, are we moving there, on to. There's two. There's two other quick stories we can just cover uh, that kind of have to do with incidents and accidents, right? Um, and um, uh, one of them is the uh, uh, yesterday, 18 years ago, uh, Concord operated its last passenger flight, and and that was a not too long after uh, the accident back in, mm-hmm. was it 2000? I think it was 2000. I think so, when, uh, so yeah. Con- yeah, when the, the, the Concorde ran over a piece of fod on the runway from a departing Northwest DC-10 or whatever, and mm-hmm. and it, it punctured the fuel tank, and oh my God, and it was ignited awful. Videos. Videos just horrific. Just made your stomach sick. Yeah, yep. I mean, you know. Oh, those videos, and- man. Yeah, those Crashing videos of hotel. it just going across the highway and yeah, oh shit, so, yeah. So can you scary. can you just but, imagine uh, what was going on in that cockpit? Just doing everything know. they could to oh, save I the know. plane. I mean, all the all well, the they, chimes they and they probably yeah, they probably didn't know how bad it was. I'm sure Tower was telling them, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they didn't realize how big the flames they were trailing and right. just how bad it was. Yeah, wow. but um, twenty-seven but yeah, years so, so of on, supersonic service. Yep, that's that's right. On on uh, and this story comes from simpleflying.com, which is a a great source for news. And you know, Ramp Check Report. We link a lot of these stories on Ramp Check Report because they they do a really really good job of covering aviation. But um, um, yeah, so twenty-seven years of service when Concord story came to a spectacular close on October 24, 2003. It had been carrying passenger passengers at speeds up to Mach 2 for 27 years. The type first flew on March 2, 1969. However, nearly seven years of further testing followed before it could enter service. It eventually did so on January 21, 1976 with Air France and British Airways. Mm. So, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Concord's cool. I mean, I, I've, I've only seen a Concord on the ground on static when I was in New York several years ago, uh, right by the Intrepid Museum. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, <clears throat> man, what, what an awesome machine! I, I would have loved to have seen, 
you know, one of those take off and full afterburner right over me. That would have been so awesome. So I, <clears throat> excuse me, I've seen the Concorde on three different occasions. Uh, one, yeah, that's awesome. One, it was just on the uh, on the ramp at JFK Airport when I was flying through. It was still in service. Uh, it was just sitting there on the ramp. The other time was is uh, they have one on static up at uh, the Boeing Museum in uh, Seattle. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at Boeing Field. So it's really cool. You can see that. By the way, they have the first, uh, you know, 747 there, City of Everett. They've got a lot of other things. They've got a um, uh, one of the, the Boeing 707 that uh, JFK used. Uh, when he was uh, president as Air Force One and a lot of other cool planes. Uh, if you get a chance to uh, go to the museum at Boeing Field, definitely do it. And I think they have the um, uh, they have the forward fuselage cockpit section of Boeing's version of the SST, the 2707. Uh, it was... At a small airport on display in, uh, I think it was Santa Rosa, California. Funny story about that, by the way. Um, but uh, but now that section is now at the museum in Boeing, kind of back home where it belongs. So you can see Boeing's version of that as well. Um, so just to get back to uh, the Santa Rosa, did I tell you guys this story? Um, no, you didn't. Sound by, familiar. By, by the way, I just want to mention that the... Um, the Air Force version of the 707 that they used for Air Force One was called the VC-137. The VC. Just, you know, because okay. I'm, sh- I'm sure there's there's av geeks out there that are like, oh, it's not a 707. Come on, get it right. Um, but It is a fucking 707. That's the airframe. <laughs> Jesus. You mean, yeah, you mean but, like, but like, like those kids but, that... You know that you'd call it an airplane, and they're like, "It's an aircraft. <laughs> it's not yeah, a cockpit. It's a I flight know. deck." But no, hey, hey, we're <clears throat> I geeks, and we we like to call it what it is. Just right. like you know, the Air Force <clears throat> One, quote unquote, today is not you know called a seven forty seven. It's a VC twenty five. Come on now, I'm going to take that a step further. So, it's not always Air, Air one Force One. <laughs> I know. Air Force One Air Force, is a Air call Force sign could be any of any aircraft that's uh, flying the president. But anyway, so so uh, this was back when I worked for SkyWest, and I was, you know, I had to do my annual jump seating. And so I liked to plan little side trips around my jump seating so I could do, go do some other things. And um, when I was doing some research or just, you know, geeking out online, um, I found out that the Boeing 2707, um, which was, again, was their version of the SST when that big program in the U.S. was going on before it got shut down. Um, they had Boeing had put together a full size mock up of it uh, for display when they unveiled it. And the rest of it had been scrapped except for like uh, it was like a uh 30 or 40 foot nose section of the aircraft. And I found out that that was at this small little um, museum in this small municipal airport in, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Santa Rosa or Santa Rosa. Anyway, it was right there in the Bay area. It was like uh, like a, a 15, 20 minute drive 
from um, from San Francisco. And so I I like, okay, cool, I'm gonna do this. So I'm gonna go plan this trip. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna spend the day at this museum, I'm gonna rent a car, and then I'm gonna drive over and, and do something else, and then I'll fly back. So I got there and I'm all excited to see the 2707. And they're like, oh, um, we sent it back up to Boeing two days ago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> nice. He must have he seen the look in my eyes and felt really bad for me. He's like, but, but, tell you what. Because I told him I came out there and I made a special trip to do that. And he said, well, we'll come back. Here's a here. lollipop. Right? Exactly. <laughs> now, now go away, kid. You bother me. Um so they let me into their archive room and oh that's he gave me a box of just stuff that was completely dedicated to the 2707 i spent about an hour in there and he talked to me and this was obviously before the podcast or i would have recorded the whole damn thing because i'm sure it was amazing um maybe we'll call and see if we can get that guy on the podcast if i can remember his name but uh, but anyway, so that's kind of my cool. little relation to the 2707. And if you're in Europe and if you want to see a Concorde, of course, uh, Sinsheim, Germany. Uh, uh, and it's in this article on Simple Flying. If you scroll down a little bit, there's a picture of an ex-Air France Concorde next to uh, a Russian uh, Tupolev TU-144, which was their version. Oh, yeah. Which had a very... It did fly, and it did fly in service, but it was a very, very short time that it did. So Yeah. Yeah, um, and they, well, they even had a very public crash of one at the Paris Air Show. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I... Um, so now I want to throw in where I've seen the Concorde. Um since you guys have both shared, I, I saw it at the, I don't even know how to say it. It's, is it the Udar or Udvar Hazy Museum in oh, uh, yeah. Ud- Udvar Hazy yeah, in DC? I think yep. it's an Air France um, Concorde. You know, that's, that's where I saw it when I was out doing some, some fuel training. Um, you know, obviously I went over out to at the D- museum, out but at yep. Out at Dulles. Yeah. Um, but that that was pretty cool, and and you know there was one story I have about it was I wish I wish I would have done this, but I didn't. There was a couple of guys when I first started working um, out at the airport for an airline for Winair Airlines. They <laughs> they took a flight out, and I can't remember where they went, but they went to go see the Concorde um, take off, and and. Uh, and wow. I didn't go, and I can't remember why I didn't go, but I wish I would have because that's something I've never seen fly. But seeing it in the museum yeah. and just seeing the size of it and thinking that that thing can go, you know, mock speeds is, is pretty damn cool. And I just wish oh, yeah. wish I would have had a chance to see it, but at least, I've, at least I've seen one up close, just never fly. So I saw, yeah. I saw it at Udvarhazi as well. Um, by the way, they have the, uh, the Dash 80, um, make sure I'm getting that right. The Dash 80, which was good the original job. version job, of the brother. 707. <laughs> so, good job. Is that the famous job, one that um, does the barrel roll? Is that that one? Is that the oh, one that yeah. did the barrel roll that we... Yep. yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. That is the one. Yep. So Good old... Good old text. Yep. Good old text. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so but, how many, how many airlines real quick flew the Concorde? 
Was it was it a lot of them, or was it just like I don't even know how Ofi- many were in service? Officially, there were. It was only British Airways and Air France. There were right. other airlines like Pan, Pan Am actually uh, had some on order early yep. on, but then canceled them. And then Pan oh, Am really? also had some of the Boeing twenty seven oh sevens on order as well. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, you can go on. You can go online, and there's a lot of airlines with, uh, or I should say, pictures of a lot of Concords with different airline liveries, you know, on the side. Uh, Singapore uh, was going to have one as well. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and Braniff. Yeah, and they were, Braniff. well, that's another thing that I was getting to is, uh, Braniff. so Braniff was going to, they actually ordered Concords, and they had a Concord that they flew into Salt Lake International. Um, that yeah, they, they had it. It was painted what? up in Braniff colors, wasn't yep. it? It was painted on. It was painted in Braniff colors on one half of the aircraft, and then the other half, it was either British Airways or Air France. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. and that was back in the late seventies. And I don't know if you guys know this, brothers, but Mom and Dad took Lisa and I to see that. And yeah, I do remember you telling us we, that, and I, and it was supposed to arrive. Um, you know, pretty early, late after, late afternoon, early evening, and it was delayed a couple of hours. So it was almost so dark that you couldn't see it, but man, you could definitely hear it. And then it came in and it taxied into a special area, uh, where everybody could see. So, yeah, so that, that was my childhood experience. And one of the regrets I have, I worked in the airline business for like, for like 10 years for SkyWest. And could have gone to New York and non-revved on one of these things. And I never did. Yeah. Well, you know, I just think at that point, when we were all work, I, I just, for me, I guess I just never thought it would go away. You know what I mean? Well, I think I just, that's kind of what I was so thinking, So for me, too. I just, yeah, like, it just probably took it for granted. Like, oh, these will be around. I know I'll see one eventually. And and uh, little did I yeah. know mm-hmm. that... Uh, they're done. They're well, gone, we, we, de- but... we 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 definitely know that uh, not to take those things for granted. You know, right. in our advanced age of being an av geek, we we gotta try to try to see things as much as possible because you know there's lots of air. Are you there, brother? Hello. Shows like the F fourteen Tomcat demonstration and right you know, like these air shows and God I just I miss the Tomcat it's so annoying that that those are gone and you know other you know SR seventy one I mean you, there's a whole list of aircraft that you could well you could say that about but um you can you can soon um, add the seven forty seven and the A three eighty to that list yeah well the seven four true but the. I don't know. I mean, I said soon. The, the 740, I just, it's because it's a lot more rare than it used to be. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them still flying, and I mean, they're still building the freighter version. They're almost done with, with production on those. But um, you know, th- there'll be 747s around for decades and decades, just because you know they're still building the freighter, and 
you know, right. Lufthansa still operates their uh, passenger versions. Right. Uh, both the both the 400 series and then the eight Intercontinental, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, but but Korean, again, you're I seeing think, less and less. Yeah, yeah, you are you seeing know. less. There's there, there's a lot of the 747s you see these days. Yes, they're they're the freighter converted or dedicated freighters. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the last thing I wanted to say about Concorde before I forgot before we move on to the next story is mm-hmm. um, um, one of the coolest piece of Concord memorabilia that I actually have was um, from a, uh, a, a, a lady that was a client of our father's. Uh, our father was in the jewelry business for years and, and uh, um, he had a lot of wealthy clients and there was um, uh, a British lady that, would fly Concorde to the U.S. and back all the time. And um, when you fly in the Concorde, you get all kinds of cool little collectibles. Well, she actually gave me a sterling silver keychain that she received on Concorde. Um, wow. That has like, it's like this, it, it's, it, it's like the silhouette, the top silhouette view of the Concorde. And it's sterling silver. It comes in this cool little, box that says british airways on it and you know that's something nice. that uh, uh that i always like and always remember about concord and, and now, hearing this lady's that? story about yeah. flying. <laughs> yeah right. um in, a, in an undisclosed location <laughs> yeah anyway, don't be surprised but, but um, don't be surprised that shows up on ebay someday <laughs> yeah right <laughs> better not but uh yeah, it's just, you know, it's that that kind of stuff, you know, as an av geek is is like what you cherish, you know, cool stuff like that, you oh, know, just yeah. know, knowing that that keychain, you know, has flown Mach 2 uh, on Concorde, one of the rare Concords, you know, um, you know, kind of kind of like when you sit in the cockpit of like the SR-71, like Ryan and I did just holding the controls you know just thinking damn this thing has gone mach three yeah 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 right, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i wish anyway, i could have gone to that you've got you've got plenty of cool stuff too tony i know I, not, do. Uh, I we, know we all have our own cool. unique experiences yep. but we've um, had some cool experiences but anyway so that that's the last thing about concord that i have so speaking of a keychain um did you guys see this story about, uh, I didn't know this existed. So there's an aircraft company called Aviation Tag. Have you heard of them? Um, no. Sounds familiar. So what they do is they make key tags. And the website oh, yes. is... I, I, know, I know who you're talking about. AviationTag.com. Yeah, and they make these key tags out of the aircraft skins of all of these retired aircraft. And I mean, it even goes as far as the tail number of the aircraft when it flew. Um, I mean, they've got, and the reason why I'm talking about this is on simpleflying.com. They have a story about Eva Air's last uh, operating Boeing 747. Um, Tail number, I can't see it right now. I'll look it up in a minute. But, um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, so if, if you want to own part of that history, you can get a tag that they made out of the skin um, on this website, aviationtag.com. 
And they've got everything from, you know, like uh, the original aircraft skin of a Boeing 747, um, a DC-10, tail number November 326 Fox Echo, so FedEx. Um, they've got, you can get a piece of the skin of the Super Guppies, the different Super Guppy oh, yeah, aircraft. They, they, they They even have like World War II aircraft. Oh, they do. They, it's everything. Got... Yeah, they they go around and and these some of these aircraft, you know, they're scheduled to be destroyed and recycled and and they'll cut and and the cool thing about it is is they they cut out sections of the skin that have like the different paint colors mm-hmm. and where where you know like the white skin paint and you know like the Eva Air ones there's probably a lot of like green and white tags. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exactly what know, they are. Yeah, that was their main color, and so, uh, but yeah, it's it's really unique, really cool stuff, definitely. I thought that was really cool. If if you uh, if you want to see that, definitely. I told you I fueled a guppy, right? A super guppy at Salt Lake yeah. International. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's really cool. That was nuts. And that that, that, awesome. that that's the great thing about working the ramp. I mean, it's like so many cool experiences. You know. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, you love aviation, and especially if you're young, like, crying out loud, go get a job at the airport, man. Go work for an FBO. Go work, you know. Absolutely. Get out on the ramp. It, you, you really get a lot of cool experiences. But, uh, well, but yeah, and, that, and, that's really cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, what a what a great Christmas gift, you know. That would be awesome. And yeah. uh, a- a- Of course, after you buy some stuff from well, the ramp swag store. I was going to say, let, go me, let me finish. That brings up, <laughs> that brings mm-hmm. us to the Ram Swag Store. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You can find everything you need to know about Ram Check Global at uh, www.ramcheckglobal.com. Um, that uh, gives you a link to our aviation and aerospace news page, rampcheckreport.com. Also takes you to the podcast. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, Want to talk about a bunch of the cool shit on the Ramp Swag store now? Brand new. Bunch of new stuff. I see we've got a lot more kids stuff on there. Um, ooh, I like that hoodie. You know which one I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, the, uh, the buff Well, there's stuff a one? plethora of hoodies on there. There, so there is. Um, the Horizon Helicopter Retro is really cool looking, but uh, right below that on the Ramp Swag store is the Ramp Trek or the Ramp Check Mark Patriotic USA Distressed Print Unisex Hoodie. I like the way the logo yeah, that, looks on that. That's nice. That, that, that's cool, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I tried to integrate a bunch of bunch of different styles and designs and um you know i'm proud of what we do here and uh it's always great to see our ramp swag on people at like air shows or when we're you know at a red flag or we're just you know out and about it's 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 really cool it's a lot of fun and and uh you know we love creating these for the aviation community um, every, everything that, that we make is, I mean, we design it in house. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go as far as taking a photo that, that I've taken or whatever. And, and I'll trace out the aircraft for the silhouette and then put it on, 
you know, some of the ramp right. swag. A, a, a good example of that is, you know, our good good friend Fast, who's up in Alaska now at Allison Air Force Base, uh, flying F-35s again. Um, you know, got some great shots of him flying at Hill when he was here based at Hill. And, uh, you know, I've got some swag on there with, you know, his jet, him flying the jet. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's just, I don't know, it's it, it's cool to do stuff like that. And it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and, and one thing that we had been lacking on, you know, the Ramp Swag store is some of the uh, World War II stuff. Um, and we all love you know, World War II, the B-25s, P-51s, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, B-17s, B-29s, P-30s, you know, I mean, you, you name it. But so I, I, I sat down over this last week and I threw together some different designs and I came up with a design. And basically, it's uh, when, when you go there, you, you'll see it, but we call it the greatest generation. And... um. I've integrated different aircraft silhouettes um, with the, you know, the tagline in a circle, the greatest generation. And it has, you know, like the, 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 the shark teeth on top of it, you know, the, the mouth that was classic for like the P-40s and, you know, a lot of the other aircraft of, of World War II. Um, and, you know, it's got, it's got a American flag on the sleeve. And, you know, I really tried to show how much we love you know the world war ii aircraft and that mm -hmm. generation because i mean in all honesty that 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 was the greatest generation and especially you know the aviation everything that they did and and you know fighting wars in these aircraft or i mean compared to these days i mean these aircraft were so rudimentary you know they were you know cold at altitude you know you had to you had to wear oxygen masks you know i mean i know the b29 was pressurized but like not the b17 mm -hmm. um right you know and, and the b25s i mean you you were fighting in quite the environment when you were on these missions and uh you know and, and the fighters were just, i mean everything was just so amazing and all these pilots and air crews and they were so heroic and everything they did for the world and you know fighting back the nazis and you know just the evils of the world at those times and uh i'm just glad that we finally have something on there that really you know portrays our our love of the greatest generation and i mean there's everything from you know B-17, B-25s, B-29s, F-4Us, uh, which is the Corsair, C-47s. I, I tried to take all the most famous um, and put them on there, and I'm sure there's a few that that uh, that I haven't done yet that I'll probably do. But mm -hmm. anyway, we've got those. A um, lot of cool uh, retro sunset uh, swag. And, and I, I tried to do a lot of... Um, uh, hoodies now since we're in the fall and uh, you know it's it, it's hoodie season mm -hmm. between now and, and you know next spring and then I also added a lot of um, uh, t-shirts as well and there's some different stickers and uh, you know a little bit of everything so anything else that pops out to you guys 
from the ramp swag i'm just shopping on the ramp swag store right now i've added a bunch of shit to my cart already <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, anything else? Yeah, yeah, I'll be in touch with my order in a minute. Yes, exactly. <laughs> lots of uh lots of really cool stuff on there. That's that's uh nice work, brother. Nice, nice yeah. work. Oh, and I wanna mention also on the Ramp Swag store, um our make airlines great again line. And uh <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's still on there, it's still on sale, right? Oh yeah. Yep, so we've got a Make Airlines Great Again bumper sticker. We've got hoodies, T-shirts, hats. Uh, go on. And then when you check out, uh, use the promo codes Alaska, American, Delta, JetBlue, Southwest, or United. And uh, it's, what, 20% off? Is that right? Yeah. Yep, 20% off. So that's also available in the Ramp Swag store as well um couple more stories and then we'll uh send off ryan what you got oh okay i guess i'm up <laughs> 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 well you don't let me know you're just like ryan what do you got well that's how we do things on the ramp swag store or the ramp check podcast <laughs> the ramp swag store. Jesus, I can talk. <laughs> um well, yeah, there's plenty we can talk about, but I say since we were talking about uh, nostalgic things with the Concorde, maybe uh, let's discuss um, the the A380. Um, so you guys probably know this because you've seen the story, but do you know how many years ago it took its first flight? Its very first flight or? Yep. Well, it's it's... Well, yeah, since the first flight, yep. Okay, go for it. On, a, on its first scheduled revenue flight, can you believe that that was 14 years ago? Wow. 14 wow. years ago. I mean, I sometimes, I know I'm getting old, but sometimes I read some of these stories and the timelines and time frames, and I'm just like, shit, that was that long ago? Like, I can't, I mean, it didn't last very long, right? But still at the same time. Well, in 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 aviation and airline terms 14 years ago is nothing it's that's a blip, blip. yeah that, that's what i'm saying like i mean you still have you know some air some boeing aircraft you know flying what how many years did you say 50 years something like that i don't know but um i guess it just kind of shows that the large aircraft craze you know as far as the a380 goes just kind of too expensive to fly to, you know, I don't know why they didn't really keep it going exactly, but I, you know, this story here just talks about it being 14 years ago. And I'm just like, wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it first flew on April 27, 2005. And the crazy thing about it is I think the A380 was just maybe a decade late coming into the industry because right. i mean you think about it all throughout the 70s 80s and 90s it was all about your large wide body four engine mm -hmm. you know <laughs> uh aircraft i mean the 747s were just you know the trans atlantic trans everything continental i mean they, they'd fly all over the planet and that was the aircraft 
you know, for long haul. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, you had other aircraft on, like the 777 and, you know, eventually the A350, which came along after the A380. But, but um, you know, um, yeah, it's just a lot of airlines are parking the A380 and retiring them. I mean, there there's some that are being scrapped that are only, you know, 10, 12 years old. That's just crazy. Um, just, I mean... just because of the cost of maintaining them and, and, uh, you know, other aircraft can do almost, you know, similar. I mean, they can't hold as, as many passengers, but, um, you know, in the current climate, you know, it's going to take a little bit for the long haul, you know, heavies to really get back to full strength. Um, you know, some airlines are still going to keep them and fly them for years, but, uh, you know, a lot of others that had smaller fleets of A380s like Singapore Airlines, um, you know, they just, it's just too expensive to operate for what they want to do now. So, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I, I think one of the mistakes Airbus made um, is they didn't make a freighter version and maybe there'll be somebody that can um, convert the A380 to a freighter, but you know, there's a lot of issues with that because, I mean, I'm getting a little technical here, but, you know, one of the reasons why the A380 wasn't, like, a great freighter and, and part of that is because, you know, the way that Airbus designed the aircraft is, um, you know, the, 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 the flooring throughout the aircraft just was not designed to carry the weight mm-hmm. of pallets and, and those type of things. And so there would have to be heavy modifications, you know, to all that in order to carry the cargo, you know, weight to make it worth it. And that's why the Boeing aircraft have always been so popular as freighters because they're designed, you know, basically to be a freighter or a passenger aircraft. Um, And they have all those features already built into it so that, you know, the flooring can support the weight of pallets and and those Mm -hmm. type of things. So, um you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it'll be interesting to see who continues flying the A380 for, you know, decades. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Emirates will probably be one of the, the ones that'll have them around for a while. I mean, they have so many of them. Right. They have like over a hundred, I think. Man, talk about going Do you guys ever in. get to see one in, in person? Uh, I've seen one in yeah I I have definitely I've 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 seen him at LAX um I've seen him of course you know flying over at altitude contrails stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. yeah I've I've seen him uh, I think all the ones I've seen have been in LAX because when I would when I would jump seat to get my hours you know we'd had a nonstop flight from here St George Utah to LAX and so. That's usually where I would start if I decided to go west instead of east. And yeah. uh, there were always a handful of them on the ramp, either um, yeah. either yeah. Emirates or um, um, uh, Qantas. Maybe Korean. Uh, Korean. Oh, yeah. There, there was always a handful of them. So it was pretty yeah. cool. Never flown, never flown on one. Never never been inside one but uh yeah they're they're massive they are pretty big yeah they're definitely huge. definitely pretty big so um 
yeah, I mean, we'll see how much longer we'll see him. But uh, that's crazy. 14 years ago, the first uh, first ever revenue flight. Wow, just crazy. So yeah, it yeah. is crazy. I was just <laughs> admiring this passenger in this news story. Um, he's holding up a plaque, and apparently. Because these are obviously not the inaugural flights. They were the inaugural um, passenger service flights, right? Right. There's a guy here named yeah. Thomas Lee. He was on the inaugural flight of the A380, but then he was also on the inaugural flight of the 747 with Pan Am in 1970. And he has Whoa. like this cool plaque. Oh, I that mean, is so that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty awesome to say like, hey, I was on the first passenger flight on the seven forty seven and the A three eighty. I think that would be some pretty cool, like, you know, dinner dinner talk or chat or something like that. But uh, yeah, there's a there's a picture on on this article that's linked to simpleflying dot com about the Airbus. If if you want to read more into it, that's cool. Cool. So. Would you like to own a piece of aircraft history? I know I would. Oh, I know yeah, what you're going we into, and hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'd like to do the Chuck, Ye- the Chuck Yeager in this thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? So there is a privately owned, flyable F-104 Starfighter for sale. At uh, and it's sitting at uh, your old home airport, Aaron. It's out at uh, Gateway yeah. Airport well, in Mesa. Yeah, you know, I can actually say that I have fueled that aircraft and mm-hmm. I have seen it fly many times. And um, yeah, there we go. it is so let's get badass. it. Yeah, I know it's it's under a million dollars. Yeah, so let's <laughs> uh, let's get that GoFundMe going up and uh get that up there and let's uh let's let's buy us a, an f-104 so the last time this particular aircraft flew is there a tail number on there or anything let's see uh it should be november 104 oh there it is november 104 that's correct so yeah. last time this aircraft yeah. flew was in 2008 so i would imagine you probably fueled it right around the last time it flew right I- yeah, so my my let's see, my last I'm trying to think when I so I left the airport as far as working the ramp at Gateway uh was oh, in the probably summer a, of 2004. Okay, that's so, right. But but I mean I I I fueled it and was around it many many times and watched right. it flew many times and you know between 2002 and 2004 when I, when I worked the ramp there. And, um, yeah, it was owned by a company called fuel fresh. Um, it still is by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it actually, if, I don't know if you guys remember, but it, it actually did some flybys at an air show at Hill air force base. Um, I believe in 2000, I think it was in, I don't know. I'm trying to remember when the, when the I, I remember was it. Hill in 2006 yeah, and 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just but, don't uh, remember the year, but I remember. I yep. didn't know it was this particular F-104. So well, that's this cool. one looks yeah, very was, familiar to me. So the paint job. It was job. that exact yep. one. And I mean, it just has the coolest howl. 
I mean, oh, if yeah. anybody's seen an F-104 fly and hear it, I mean, it just has such a awesome howl when well, it's just... Because, I mean, it's hauling ass, man. I mean, well, yeah. God, what's the stall speed on oh, that? I was going to say it knots? has to be to stay airborne. <laughs> Seriously. But, but even There's when like it's... like no wings on it. Even when the engine is spooling up on the ramp, it's got that very distinct sound oh, to yeah. it. I just, I just love it. So this particular one only has 2500 hours on the clock so it's it however old it is it's only been 20 yeah. uh, flown 2500 hours just 200 of those hours uh being done in the past 22 years so Aaron I'm guessing that you probably fueled it you know Always. one of the last yeah. times that it flew to be honest yeah you know yeah. so um <clears throat> but uh so if you're in the market, the engine, it's only about halfway through its available hours since its last overhaul. Uh, looks like it comes with two spare J79 engines, four mm, spare afterburners, awesome. and a new nozzle assembly. Uh, roughly 150 main gear tires, uh, two dozen or so nose gear tires, aileron Jesus. flap rudder, horizontal actuators, ailerons flaps, canopy and windscreen glass, in frames, other glass, brakes, new assemblies, air conditioning, main landing gear struts, and the list goes on. So if you do buy it from them, they've got a lot of equipment to uh, support as well. So Yeah, it'd, it'd be great to see uh, one of these aviation collections pick it up and then paint it in some really cool like Cold War era oh, uh, yeah. you know, Air, air Force. And I believe it was used in the Canadian Air Force. This one, uh, this particular one was, yes. Yeah, back in the day. I mean, it, it, it'd be cool to see it in its original Canadian scheme, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, Cold War era F-104s with the, you know, the polished aluminum with the Air Force markings. It looks the so wing, good. The wingtip tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so you guys probably don't remember this. Well, I know you don't remember this because... Uh, this was back in 1976. I am yep. totally dating we, we myself. Weren't, we weren't born yet, so <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, so uh, July 4th, 1976 was obviously the 200th birthday uh, of the United States and the bicentennial. And I remember on that day, I was in Orem, Utah, and... To commemorate that, there was a flight of four F-104s that flew around the Orem, Utah Valley area. And I don't know why they were doing it. uh, Around Hill Air Force Base. No, this was down in Orem where I saw them. Oh, you said Orem. Yeah, Yeah, this was was down in Orem when I saw them. And they flew around. They made a couple of passes through the valley. There were four of them flying in formation. Um, I mean, I was only, what, nine at the time. So wasn't, you know, wasn't really sure why or whatever, other than the fact that it was, you know, the bicentennial. But I remember that. That was really cool cool. to see them fly. And I don't I don't know how many times I've seen them fly since. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's awesome. (laughs) That is pretty cool. Well, have we have we covered everything we want to cover? So there's just, there's uh, 
just a couple quick things that we don't have to spend a ton of time on. Um, But um, let's see here. I got some KC 46 Pegasus news. Um, Whether you love or hate the aircraft, it is going to be around for a long time. um, And they are slowly coming online. Um, The whole history of the KC 46, you know, there's, there's been several issues with bringing it online, and one mm-hmm. of them is the refueling. Um, the The way that they designed the refueling system, it's it's almost kind of like a, a like a virtual, you know the the refueler actually sits at a station and uh, forwards in the aircraft. Yeah, he's not in the back by yeah, the boom. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not in the back by the boom like a KC. 135 or a kc-10 where you're actually visually doing you know flying the boom to the aircraft well this one there's several cameras and video screens and it's all 3d um you wear special glasses when you're refueling and those things and there's been issues with that so they've had to actually redesign it um and uh there's you know slowly getting that done but um um but uh, the Air Force just just recently, and I'm reading this off of uh, uh, AF.mil, but uh, AMC approves F-15, F-16 receivers as third KC-46 KC ICR milestone. Um, so out of uh, Scott Air Force Base, uh, Illinois, General Mike, Minihan, commander of Air Mobility Command, uh, approved a third interim capability release mission set for the KC-46A Pegasus. This ICR decision allows the KC-46 to refuel all variants of the F-15 Eagle and F-16 Fighting Falcon during U.S. Transportation Command task missions. Nice. So it says the KC-46 can now support... 62% 62% of all receiver aircraft that request air refueling support, uh, said Brigadier General uh, Ryan Samuelson, AMC Deputy Director of Strategy Plans, Requirements, and Programs, and the KC-46 Cross-Functional Team Lead. This step accelerates the critical projection and connection warfighting requirements the Pegasus brings to the Joint Force even before it's officially operational. So, you know, basically it's, uh, they've had issues with the actual boom operators having a hard time, um, you know, refueling aircraft and, you know, just because of the visual system, it's not the boom operator's fault. It's, it's the system Mm -hmm. that, that they've designed that they had to redesign. But um, right, you you still can't refuel like fifth generation or stealth aircraft, the you know F thirty five, F twenty twos, B twos, just because they're worried that the boom could actually damage the stealth coating on the skin <laughs> of those fighters. So hmm. they're still working on that, but uh, it's slowly coming online. I mean, here it says sixty two percent of all receiver aircraft now. And it has the, uh, the hose and drogue system built into the aircraft. Um, so you don't have to, uh, you know, put an attachment on, right. You know, like you did, 
the KC-135 or anything like that if you want to refuel. Mm-hmm. You know, most KC-135s don't have the, you know, the hose and drogue, you know. Um, the capability, pods. right. Yep. Yeah, pods. that capability. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so they would just attach something before the, the sortie um, that, you know, you could do Navy aircraft or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's some KC-46 news. I, you know, I we saw the KC-46 uh, fly in a red flag yes, at 21-3 this year. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, 767 airframe is a good-looking airplane. It so, is, you especially know, especially. It'll painted. be nice to see him. Yeah. Especially painted in the yeah. Air Force colors. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Um, yep, cool. Cool. Don't forget, you can get all of your news um, at rampcheckreport.com. So if you don't want to remember a bunch of different uh, web addresses, just go to rampcheckglobal.com, and uh, that takes you everywhere you need to know, uh, or everywhere you need to go. The Rampcheck Store, uh, Rampcheck Report, and of course, uh, everywhere. Oh, by the way, did I tell you guys I listened to our podcast on Audible this weekend? Oh, good. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, so uh, another platform that you can hear the podcast on, uh, of course, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Stitcher, um, and of course, Audible, which is uh, which is pretty cool. We're glad to uh, be able to be heard on that particular platform as uh, as well. Uh, one more thing before we close out, um, and I'm not. I'm not opening up a can of worms or anything like this. I just want to mention this. If you work in the aviation industry and you are being affected by the mandates, go to usfreedomflyers.org. They've got resources for you. They can help you navigate, no pun intended, through all of this uncertainty. Um, You know, as we reported last week, a few of the major airlines have backed down a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to say completely, but a little bit. But again, if you're if you're affected by this, usfreedomflyers.org is a uh, is a great resource to help you out. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yep. And that's all I have yep. to say about that. <laughs> yep, that's right. Continue, continue oh, okay, to fight, for free. Exactly. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> we've we've got a liberty and justice for all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah. Uh, so we covered the Ramp Swag store. Uh, again, everybody, Christmas is coming up. Uh, get your orders in now so you've got them in plenty of time. Uh, all of the new designs that uh, Aaron has been working on, the greatest generation designs, uh, the, uh, the, the flags, those are pretty cool. We didn't even talk about those, but, uh, just go yeah, to, those, uh, those brand new, yeah. yep, just go to the ramp swag store. Look for all that stuff. Of course, we've got our make airlines great again, stuff on sale as well, using pretty much all the major airlines, uh, as your discount code, Aaron, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, at Aaron Rumfollow on most platforms um i use some platforms more than others for obvious reasons um i'll bite my tongue on that one yes but uh 
but, but but anyway, follow at Ramp Check Global um, for all the aviation and avgeek content. Of course, rampcheckglobal.com. You can pretty much link to everything that we've got going on, uh, including the Ramp Swag Store, Ramp Check Report, social media platforms. Um, and I just want to say again, uh, we appreciate and thank uh, everybody who continues to uh, purchase Ramp Swag, um, who continues to communicate with us. Uh, we love the conversations. Uh, we love hearing from you um, by any means that uh, we can be reached. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Awesome. Ryan. I know I'm next, right? Yeah. Um, you are. Um, I don't need to repeat everything Aaron just said just because, um, you know, every time we do this, I sit here and I'm like, it's kind of cool that we just sit and bs about aviation and aircraft so uh definitely grateful for all of our support supporters and followers but as far as social media goes you can look at my lame ass social media if you'd like and request me uh it's at rum follow me it's just my last name with me on the end that's for instagram and twitter um probably sounds repetitive if you listen to our podcast a lot but you know I have not been very active on social media just due to uh, everything that's been going on. It's been <laughs> kind of hard to stay out of a lot of things. But um, anyway, um, I'm sure eventually I'll regain a little more action on that. But uh, please keep supporting us and following us at Ramcheck Global. And we will uh, continue to just talk about aviation and bring you the latest yeah. news and hopefully you're still enjoying everything. So I guess now, so Tony doesn't feel left out, we should be like, Hey Tony, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, what well, Aaron? It, it, before Tony uh, goes into that, I just want, you know, kind of on Ryan's point, you know, social media, at least for, for me and I'm sure for all of us, um, it's really a great place to stay in touch and, and show our passion for, for aviation. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, so far aviation hasn't been canceled yet. So, right. Um, so it's, uh, it's social it's media has place. its, its purpose for us when yes, we're talking and, about and aviation. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. So anyway, Tony, go ahead. Well, and we've got, We've got an incredible um, aviation community on Instagram that we connect with people. And that's where we're actually the most active at Ramp Check Global is uh, on Instagram. My personal Instagram, of course. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was taken away from me back in November because apparently I can get a little bit salty about current events. <laughs> um, <laughs> you think yeah hmm. still no instagram for me um and uh i am on twitter at t rum follow not very active on twitter and i just checked and my my twitter account is still up um so i'm not sure if my last tweet will uh will get me kicked off or not <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, but my Twitter uh, is still there right now. And um, uh, I am 
I am on Facebook a little bit as well. And in February 2021, you will be able to find me on a new platform called Truth Social. Hmm. Yeah, I already signed up for it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, But anyway, again, for everything Ramp Check Global at Ramp Check Global. That's where you can uh, where you can get us on social media. And thank you again for sticking with us, uh, for listening to the podcast, uh, for interacting with us on social media. We love seeing you guys uh, in person and meeting you in person. And um, uh, we're super, super excited for uh, the 2022 Red Flags. And uh, we're hoping to reconnect with yeah. you guys in person there. So, uh, anyway, did I miss anything? I don't nope. think so. Okay, we're good. All right. Um, let me think. Ryan. Good day. <laughs>